Good morning. It is so good to see you this morning. We are missing many of your faces. As you know, our heat unit went out, and many of you are not here, but we're just so happy that you're joining us uh, live streamed online. It is a, a unique uh, Sunday. Uh, our ministers are not here, as mentioned. Uh, Jim and Yodi are in Alabama. Uh, Yodi's uh, father uh, uh, failed, so they're there showing their love. So we just want to pray for them, as mentioned. Uh, also, uh, Jeremy is not here, and he had a scheduled uh, event, and uh, we miss him and miss uh, his family. So I'm here uh, to preach God's word, and I'm glad to do it. It is so good to uh, have uh, a few here this morning. I, I look and see Sister Valene and Jessica and Chris and Stella uh, Collins, a new couple that moved uh, from Florida. And uh, Mike Lund, it's good to, good to have you, brother. And I, I'm just so thankful for Andrew Rice and Bill Rice and Josh Sellers and Sean Bailey and Able Us uh, so that we can have uh, this live stream. Brother, we just appreciate you so much. So this morning, uh, if you looked in the bulletin, the, the topic, my topic is communicating love. And hopefully that will help you get a grasp of, of my lesson. I won't take time to read uh, John 21. Andrew did that, but I would invite you to turn to it. And as I go along, you'll be able to follow me. Uh, as uh, John chapter 21 and verse 15 uh, it is pretty evident, it's not hard to see that Jesus over and over said to Peter, Peter, lovest thou me more than these? Not once, not twice, but three times he asked that question. That's pretty easy to see. But if you really notice, if you notice that when Jesus was asking this question, they were eating breakfast. And it's, it's never a bad idea, is it, to have a meal when you want to talk to someone. It just enhances fellowship, seems like. And I also noticed that Jesus mentioned Peter's full name, Simon, son of John, once twice, three times. I don't know about you, but when my wife or when my mother mentioned my full name, it got my attention. I go, oh boy, what's, what have I done now? What's, what's up? Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ wanted to catch Peter's attention that his Loving forgiveness is for real. A few Sundays ago, I had the privilege to do the Lord's Supper, and my message was, 
in John chapter 21, 1 through 14, Jesus' tender loving care is for real. But I, I want to add on to that because I don't want us to go into 2022 feeling a burden of guilt because of something that we did or said a day ago, a year ago, or when. I want you to understand that Jesus is communicating to us that his loving forgiveness is for real. And even like sin is for real, Jesus' loving forgiveness is for real. God the Father lets us know that. One of my favorite passages is found in Psalms 103. And I want to read a few verses of that, verse 8. David says, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness. He will, not, he will not always strive with me, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. Man, I love that passage. God loves us. His loving forgiveness is for real. And the psalmist says that he doesn't deal with us according to our iniquities, but he deals with us according to his love and mercy. His relationship to us is like a father to a son. And I love this part. He has separated his sins as far as the east is from the west. If you had the wherewithal or the strength and you just took off walking north and you would walk and you would walk, sooner or later as you travel forth, you would meet south because there is a south pole and a north pole. But if you went east, Brother Mike, and you had the strength and the wherewithal and you just kept walking and walking, you would never meet west. And this beautiful picture, you say, well, Brother Dills, what are you trying to say? I'm saying to you, God's loving forgiveness is for real. When God forgives you, it's gone. Amen? Amen. And uh, I just love that. Micah put it this way in a very graphic way. In Micah chapter 7 and in the verses 19, he says that our God takes our sins and puts them in the death depth of the ocean. 
I don't know, it may or may not help you if you, in your mental mind, of all of those sins that you, you try to remember sometimes and it's hard for you to, to forget and forgive yourself, write those in your mental mind or even you can just write them on your note, write them on a piece of paper. And, and I suggest when you read them, Put them in a shredder. Uh, I probably don't want to suggest to burn them up because that may be a little bit too dangerous right now. <laughs> don't put a match to them. But just put them in a shredder or throw them in a trash can. Because Jesus said in 1 John, this same John said, 1 John 1 and 9, if you confess your sin, sins to our Lord, he is faithful and just to forgive you of all of your sins. The blood of Jesus cleanses you from all of your unrighteousness. When you own your sin, when you confess your sin, when you repent of your sin, That sin is done with. God forgives you. So as, as Andrew was reading that, the communication of love is that Jesus loving, uh, Jesus loving forgiveness is for real. Jesus wanted Paul to know, or wanted brother Peter to know, that love reclaims. Love restores. That's, that was what that was all about. When he says, love us thou me more than these. I don't know if you know the name Bill Buckner. Some of you uh, may know that name. Some of you pr probably don't even have a clue who Bill Buckner was. But Bill Buckner was a major league, very good major league baseball player. His, his career extended from 1969. He played his last game in 1990. And uh, the thing about Bill Buckner is the decades of the 70s and the 80s, there was one person that hit more hits than Bill Buckner, and that person was Pete Rose. Bill Buckner was a very good player. He, he won a major league batting title in 1980. Yet, uh, when he died in 2019, the New York Times and other newspapers, in their obituary, the headline was that defined by an era. And what they meant was that uh, in 1986, the Boston Red Sox, who Bill Buckner played for, was playing the New York Mets. And they were ahead in that World Series 3-2, to two, and they were playing game six. And all they needed to do was win that game, and they would be World Series champions. And there was a player from the Mets named Mookie Wilson, and he was up batting. And he hit a slow rolling ball to Bill 
Buckner, who was playing first base. And what happened? That ball went right through Buckner's wickets, right through his legs. They lost the game. They Eventually, they lost the World Series. And many of the Boston Red Sox fans never, ever forgave Bill Buckner. Until 2004, of course, they won the World Series. But it got so bad that Buckner and his family had to move out of Boston. Can't you see what Jesus is saying to Peter and saying to us? I don't want your life to be defined by a sin or a mistake that you've made. I want you to know, Peter, that I love you. I want you to know, Peter, that my grace and mercy covers you. And that's what I want you to know this morning. I love what Paul says in Romans 5 and verse 8. God has commended his love toward us. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Church, the key is loving Jesus. Andrew read over and over. Jesus kept bringing up, do you love me, Peter? Do you love me, Peter? Do you love me, Peter? And the reason why he kept bringing that up is but the key is loving Jesus. And you know that that word that Jesus used the first two times is, the highest form of love, agape love, the supreme kind of love, the love that has no strings attached, the love that desires not to possess a person, but a, a desire to lift up a person, the love that desires the well-being of a person, the love that is unconditional, that loves the un unadorable, that's the kind of love that this agape love, a willpower kind of love, a love that says, you know, I don't particularly like you, but I will good for you. I want what's best for you. That's what agape love is. And that's the key to our survival. That's the key to the church, the Andrew prayed, uh, peace in our nation. That's the key when we look at that person and we say, I will the best for you. You know, the agape kind of love. You know, we, we can't reclaim a person we can't restore a person. We can't treat that person like an enemy if we want to reclaim them, if we want to uh, restore them. We got to love that person. That's how it's done. And that's why Jesus says over and over, love, do you love me, Peter? Do you love me? Well, love restores, love uh, reclaims, 
But in this passage, we understand that love also confronts. Let me tell you, it wasn't very pleasant for Peter. Jesus kept bringing up the topic, do you love me? Do you love me? It hurt Peter. And the last love, they say, uh, Jesus used a, word, a different word than agape, the word phileos, friendship love. And when Peter heard Jesus says, do you fillet us, me, Peter? Do you even like me, Peter? I don't know if you ever uh, cut your, your nails with a fingernail and you cut it to the quick. Man, that, when Jesus said that, it hit to the quick. It hurt. When you love someone like Peter loved the Lord, it hurts you because you hurt them. But you see, love not only builds up, and love not only restores, and love not only reclaims, but if you love someone, sometimes you have to confront them because that confrontation is for their good. That's the agape love. Did not God say not, that God loves those whom he disciplines? He disciplined those whom he loved. So I love what John again says, 1 John 3 in the verses 11. He says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we should love one another. Agape love. Agape love is the key. We either Love or perish. So uh, time is running out, and I like to say this is my R&R &R time. Rapid fire, running out of time. So uh, the way this works is I'm going to finish up a couple of points, and it's going to be very rapid. And the caveat there is that I need for you, I need for you to promise me that you will study this chapter and, and complete what I'm rapid firing for. And even when you read this, you'll bring your own points, and you'll bring different points than I have. That's the, that's the payoff on that. But we're talking about communicating love. And in this passage, over and over, Jesus says, do you love me? And I believe that communicating love means that that I repeat it, that I love you often. I mean, it's just something about when you tell people that you love them. It just brings oxygen to that relationship. So we need to tell people that we love them. Now, I always try to do that. I get the opportunity, and let me take the opportunity now, church, you out there, you that are in here, I love you. I love you. And uh, I, I just think that we need to, I always try to tell my wife as often as I think of that I love her. Uh, I, I, I often like to tell my son, I text him, he'll tell you, I text him every week three or four times, and all I say is that I love you. And he always say, I love you too, Pops. I need to say it, 
need to hear it. And we just need to say that. Uh, and not only to, our, to our, our loved ones here, but say it to God. Just like Peter was, was, was referring it to, to Jesus, that I love you, I love you. I, know, I don't know if you looked at the Bible and you read the Bible and all the implications of God's love. I, I, don't, I, don't think you could, I don't think you could number them. The Bible constantly, over and over, tells us that God loves us, that Jesus loves us. We need to tell God. Peter, Paul puts it this way, 1 Peter 5, 17. Pray without ceasing. So that's our on our rapid fire number one point. Another rapid fire point is that communicating love means that I'll listen to you. Amen? You know, we just don't listen to one another. And Andrew was reading, and Peter got off track. He was probably still pouting about Jesus confronting him and he looked over and he saw John and he says what about that man and Jesus says if I want him to remain until I come back what is that to you people didn't listen right and they began to spread the rumor that John would never die we just need to listen closely. It takes effort, but we need to listen to each one another. S.I. Hawakawa, I probably pronounced that, he was a United, Sen United Senator back in 1970s. Well, he kept getting uh, misunderstood and misquoted, and I like what he said. I say what I say. I do not say what I do not say. And Jesus says what he says. He does not say what he does not say. Let's listen to our Lord. Listen to him. Well, blessings to you this morning. Andrew read that Jesus looked over to Peter and said, Peter, you, you need to mind your own business. You need to focus on yourself. And that's, that's another thing for our new year resolution. Let's try to focus on ourselves. Don't, don't be looking at our brother and our neighbor. Let's, let's look at ourselves first. Amen? Amen? And that's what Jesus said to Peter. But he said to him, gave him the manner of death that he was going to suffer, and he says, follow me. In other words, Keep on trusting me. How ironic it is, <clears throat> and you have to turn to that in <clears throat> John chapter 13, the latter part of that. How ironic it is, chapter 13. And we need to understand that when the Bible originally came out, there wasn't any chapters and verses. There wasn't no divisions. So chapter 13, verses 38 and following, goes right into chapter 14. And how ironic it is <clears throat> that chapter 14, verse 1, is 
not in the context of a funeral. We read that, and it's a wonderful verse to read for a funeral. But chapter 14 and following is in the context of a failure. Peter said to Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you go. I won't deny you. Jesus said to him, Peter, before the rooster crows three times, you're going to deny me. And then he said, verse 14 and 1, that, <clears throat> that in my father's house are many, many mansions. Be not troubled, for in my father's house are many mansions. If it wasn't so, I would tell you. Believe in me, Peter, and believe in my father. And what he's saying to Peter is, Peter, don't try harder, but trust in me more. And that's what I desire for you to do this year and forever, is to trust in God, trust in him. He has your best interests in mind, and he's proved that over and over and over again. May God continue to bless you.